So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. This is one of your co-founders, Tom Seco. Today, we have the privilege of being with a close friend of mine. She is the owner of A Happy Vet, a company focused on writing and speaking to the veterinary profession with one of her notable presentations on imposter syndrome. So for any of you that feel like you are an imposter, you're not. Uh, She's got a great talk about that. And she is an international speaker with multiple associations and involved with the VBMA, the Veterinary Business Management Association. Uh, Sheree is the owner and founder of Helping Hands Pet Hospice, an at-home pet euthanasia company, and a certified hospice and palliative care veterinarian. Shree, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, it's uh, this has been a long time coming, and I think it's always always fun getting together with other people that like talking about money. Well, I, I hope you like talking about money. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. I, I do now. <laughs> yeah, especially that. being a business owner and being in that world, it's it's becoming more of the the norm for you then. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to all the listeners here today? Tell us a little bit about like where'd you go to school, and tell us a little bit how you got into your work and what you're doing right now. Sure. I graduated from Mississippi State University, go Bulldogs, and got my degree in veterinary medicine. I worked in private practice for about eight years and then switched to shelter medicine and then switched to owning my own practice, which has gone from being a relief practice where I cover for other veterinarians who are out of town and has now shifted almost entirely to hospice and palliative care and traveling and speaking. So it's it's kind of been great because I, you know, I just changed the business based on what's going on in my life and what kind of time commitment I want to have. And if I'm not enjoying something, I stop. If I'm enjoying something, I do more of that. So I've been out, it'll be 20 years this year. I can't believe I'm one of the old guys now. I don't know when that happened, (laughs) but it's been 20 years and and my career looks nothing like I thought it would, but it's better than than I thought it would be. You're just getting started right now, right? (laughs) Oh gosh, I hope not, but (laughs) I would like to retire at some point. But but right now I'm really enjoying being in this practice and having this really unique uh, type of, of practice where I'm home a lot and I'm spending you know a lot of time in my car and uh, getting to listen to podcasts like this that, that keep me awake while I'm driving around town. Absolutely. Well, and so for everyone that's listening too, so you're, you're working from one phase to another, you started working in a smaller business, then you started working with a not-for-profit, if I recall what you'd said. Mm-hmm. And then now you have your, your business. So like, at what point were you like, I want to do hospice, I want to be involved in that? Well, that happened around around 2011. I, I have always loved little old grumpy animals. Like that's always been something that, that appealed to me. Um, but I started doing house calls, uh, back in 2011 and it just, it was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It was like a lightning bolt. And I, I just fell in love with all the time that I had with my clients and being able to take time with my patients and, and not be in a, a huge hurry. And it was just everything that for me, private practice was not. I found private practice to be extremely stressful and anxiety inducing. And, and it just wasn't, 
it wasn't the environment that I was meant to work in. And so this right. has just been wonderful. And, and it takes a lot of the stress out of, of your typical client interaction. That's really cool. That's actually really, really awesome because I know that many veterinarians that are listening right now, they tend to get to the fatigue and the working long hours. And some of you have actually started transitioning over to relief and or wanting to own your own practice. And I know Cherie is almost like a, a model of being able to become a, your own practice owner and actually have a lot more freedom. So, but with all of this being said, so, so tell us something fun about yourself, Cherie. Like what's something fun that you'd want to share with everyone? Okay, I can play the accordion. How about the accordion, that? Is that huh? fun enough? Yeah, it's like nerdy fun, but but that's I cool. don't even I don't know. The nerds might not even think that's cool, but since I consider myself a nerd, we're gonna go with it. But yes, Beautiful. I learned to play the accordion when I was in my early teens. And I haven't played in a long time, but I do actually own an accordion. It's in storage and I can play it a little. I'm I'm not fancy or anything, but I did I did learn some basics of awesome. playing. What, well, what's up? What's your favorite go-to? Do you have any specific songs that you play? Oh, no. It was like something that's a polka. Nobody would know what it was because <laughs> that's what you play on an accordion. So I, I'm just like in the, you know, the, the student book one that they, they start teaching with. So it's, it's not anything exciting, but it is something that I, I don't think anybody would peg. I mean, good gracious, do people even know what accordions are anymore? But yeah, of course. Um, but I, I, it's just one of those things that, that when people ask me something unique about myself, that takes the cake. <laughs> that's really cool. I grew up playing the clarinet and saxophone, alto sax. Okay, that's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I was in the marching band. So maybe maybe one of these days we can start jamming out if you want to take it back out. I need to get the pads fixed on my sax. So. Oh, you're, you're looking to step your game down then is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> or you can come up. I'll, I'll create the next, the next level. Oh, for you, so. well, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty ambitious. All right, it's a deal. Yes, right. So with all this conversation today, thanks for sharing us a little bit about yourself, Sheree. And, you know, with it all being about talking about money, in your own words, you know, what does financial advising mean to you? Well, it's having somebody to support me. So I don't like it when people go uh, to Dr. Google and look up their symptoms or their pet symptoms and try to, to do something at home. I think, you know, if, if you're going to have a pet, you should consult an expert in pets when something goes wrong with them. And so... I feel like I, in order not to be a hypocrite, I have to say that if I'm going to do something I'm unfamiliar with, like you know, deal with my finances, I should probably consult an expert as well. One, because I don't have time, and two, because I don't know what I'm doing, and I, I'm not interested in going to school to learn how to be a financial advisor so I can manage my own finances. That that seems right. like not the way to go for me. I don't enjoy talking about money that much. So, um, <laughs> you know, I need somebody to support me to explain pros and cons. You know, if I say, hey, I want to do this, what do you think? Um, to have somebody who who's kind of a sounding board, but not somebody who actually controls my finances. So for me, it's having a partner that leads me towards success. And, and it's so important to manage your money correctly. And I made a complete disaster of my finances when I was young. So I, I know how valuable it is to have right. someone who can advise you and, you know, kind of let you know when you're about to do something stupid, maybe, maybe steer you in another direction. Yeah, um, so it's, just one of my partners, you know, I, I have an accountant, I have financial advisors, I have all kinds of professionals that I, I go to when I have issues. And I think this is probably one of the most important people on my team is my financial advisor. That's great to hear. It's interesting the amount of times people, I, I think you hit it on the head too, where what we always communicate is the being there. Of, it's kind of like your sounding board, being someone else there to support you. And that's, that's incredible. And, uh, you know, you said you made a, a lot of mistakes and things growing up. 
you know, talk to us about, you know, your biggest failure that you've had in your financial life. And did you learn anything from it? Is there, did you start doing things differently after that? Oh, there were so many failures. Okay. So I, I would, I would have to say I had, I had several really big failures. One being that I graduated and went crazy and bought a house, bought a car. And, you know, we kind of were throwing money around because we had never had money before. And, you know, we were newlyweds. And so we, we just kind of went crazy. And, you know, then when the, the house didn't seem big enough, we moved up to a bigger house. And, you know, and then the, the whole 2008 crash happened. I got divorced around the same time and everything just went downhill. I think back in 2008, I was half a million dollars in debt, um, which that, yeah, yikes, yikes is the nice way to put it. And since then I have gone from half a million dollars in debt, messing everything up to actually being worth more than the debts that I have, which I never thought I would get to that point. I'm not where I would like to be right now, but I'm in such a better place than I was back then. And that was largely due to good financial advising and and having people say, okay, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Here's what we think you should do. And working with someone to help me get out of the giant mess that I created. Right. <laughs> but well, it can be done. So if people are feeling like, you know, oh, this is it. I've messed things up so badly that I, I can't ever recover. That isn't necessarily true. Uh, it takes a long time. It takes hard work, but you you can dig yourself out with the right help. Right. Well, especially when you stay focused on a path and you really get clarity on what you're trying to accomplish, it tends to make things, you know, of course there are some being, you know, a half a million dollars in in debt, which I'm sure some of you who are listening can identify with that. It is a a massive mountain to climb, but it is possible to be able to gain some control of it. And I'm sure, you know, with Cherie, you've, you've done a fantastic job to this point. It sounds like being able to get some control over that, which is awesome. At what point in your life did you think to yourself, you know, I should hire someone. Like, was it something that you you actively seeked yourself or was it something you just kind of stumbled upon? Like, how did that happen for you? I actually started looking for help with my finances when I graduated and that would have been great, except that, you know, I, I just, I thought at the time that what financial advising was, was someone opened a retirement account to you, you contributed to it and that was it. I didn't realize that a financial advisor could help you with all aspects of your finances and I didn't have an accountant. We did our taxes online and, you know, it, it wasn't... It, I didn't have as many complications as I do now. But when I graduated, I, I, I definitely was looking for, for some help, but I kind of did what a lot of people I know did. You know, you, you get an advisor and then somebody you meet at a party says, oh, I'm a financial advisor. You know, why don't you come in and, and talk to me? And then you go talk to them and you move everything over to them. And, and it's pretty much the same thing with different products. And then you go to the next person. And so I, I went through quite a bit of that before I found someone who was like, hey, we're not, you know, this isn't what we're, we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is make you financially healthy. Right. And, and I thought, oh, well, I've never heard anyone say that before. So this, I, you know, I was intrigued. And, and that's when I, I really thought, okay, well, this might, you know, this might be something. And, and it, you know, it took a lot. I mean, I had a lot of bad habits. I was pretty stuck in, this is what I think I should be doing. And it, it took a lot for me to, to get over that trust barrier to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, put my, my finances in someone else's hands, so to speak, and, and say, okay, you know, help me, help me fix this mess. Right. Um, luckily, you know, that, that worked out great. And, and I'm sitting much prettier now than, than I was back then. That's cool. I've always found it very interesting. Veterinary profession, you all are very, 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 very smart. 
and it takes a little while to gain that trust in that. But once that trust is established, it's one of those things where you guys are, you know, you definitely you open up and it's it's great. You have, you realize that there are some areas that you could use some help, which is awesome. So, and, and you know, we talked a, a little bit ago about some failure, like a failure and just some of the struggles you were having throughout your life. And then before you started working with a financial advisor, what was something that you felt that you were having a difficult time just getting under control yourself? Well, budgeting, definitely. And I'm still lousy at budgeting as in make a budget and fill in the, the blanks with how much you're going to spend in each category. Like I don't really do that. It just doesn't work for me, but I am much better now at at figuring things out and mostly not overspending. But budgeting and saving were my two, you know, obviously since I was in all that debt, having a a fallback of, of a savings account. For me, savings accounts were something that would happen and then I would want to buy something or I would want to go on vacation. And so right. the savings you know, was for that. It wasn't for, hey, what if you can't work or what if this happens or that happens? So those two things were my kryptonite, so to speak. And you know, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm fantastic at budgeting at this point. If, if you have to write it all down in a spreadsheet, I'm definitely <laughs> having a fail there. But I'm also you know, paying off my credit cards every single month and Good. saving like an unbelievable amount. Like I never, if you had ever said, hey, do you think you'd be saving this much money every month? I would just have been like, no. <laughs> no way, right? You know, I have too many expenses. And I, I do not live a lifestyle of poverty. You know, I, I don't, I don't, deny myself everything that I want. I don't, I enjoy my life and I'm, I'm in a good place. Yes. I have to think hard about big purchases, but I think that's good. You know, I think that's good for you. It makes you appreciate right. things more, but I'm not living, living like a student or, or anything like that. I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the luxury to which I've become accustomed, but I'm doing it in a smart way where I know how much I can spend. And, you know, I really ask myself, is this something you really need or are you bored? Or is this something that you really want? Or does it just seem cool and it's going to sit in a corner? Like I know how to ask myself the hard questions and maybe not jump into buying things without really thinking about whether this is something I want to, to invest in. And that's a, like, that is, I can't really express how huge that is for me as an individual because right. I was never like that. It was like, oh, I just want to buy this and have it. Then that was it. You know, it would just sit in a corner and, and never never get used. So I'm much more mindful about how I spend my money. And, you know, I look at my savings and, you know, my financial advisor will say, can we, can we do a little more savings and I'll get all mad. And I'm like, Oh, can't you just be happy with what I'm saving? Cause this is really amazing for me. And then I go home and like within two days, I'm like, yeah, I could throw another hundred bucks a month at that. And you know, it's just, it's amazing, you know, and, right. and I never thought I would be th that way, but now like I get pleasure from saving money. And it was always something before that I had to do and that I resented. And now, you know, watching it grow and seeing the things that I can do with it is so rewarding that now I feel like I have, I have such a, a reason to save as opposed to saving is for disasters that are never going to happen. And right now, you know, we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic and I'm super grateful that if I get sick or anything happens, I am covered because I have savings. That just, I mean, I'm, I'm totally anxious and upset all the time about this, but I am not worried that I'm going to go hungry. And that is such a comfort to me and not, not something I ever thought I would be able to say. Right. I, I would say I would give you a lot of, a lot of credit for everything you've been doing because being able to start saving and getting a little bit more of understanding how you're spending your money. Even there's a, there's a thing on our world that we all want instant gratification. We all want that, that new shiny toy, that new shiny thing. And I've, I've been guilty of it myself. So 
it's it's tough at times to be able to balance the two of them. But when you can create that balance between them, that's that's a, a great feeling and give you a lot of satisfaction. And it sounds like it has for you at this point too. Definitely. And since you know, since you started working with an advisor, you know, what did that help you accomplish? Has it helped you in any way? What I'm, I would imagine financially, but has there also been things personally or mentally that it's also helped you with you? help you with at the same time? Sure. I, you know, certainly financially, I mean, you know, just having that, that savings and then having, I do a savings and then we look to dish that out into different buckets, you know, whether I want to contribute to my retirement, you know, max that out or whether I want to put it in a, an investment plan or, or what I want to do with it. But I was like, Ooh, I'm, I'm adulting now. Like I have investments and things. Uh, it's such an odd feeling. Um, but yes, you know, financially it's given me much more stability and the, and you know, the ability to, to really think about how I spend my money personally, just it helped me grow up a lot. You know, I still think about, you know, that I was 25 years old when I graduated from veterinary school and I thought, I knew what I was doing. You know, I, I right. waited until I was 25 to get married. You know, I, I waited to buy the house. I waited for all of this stuff and I thought I was doing pretty well. And then, you know, when everything got yanked out from under me, it was like, oh, I did not do this well at all. So I feel like move me, like I have a financial plan. I wish I had had a financial plan at 25. I didn't know, you know, what, what I should be doing. And I didn't know how to manage the student loans and, so and all you, of that. Did you feel like you knew what you were doing, but then you found out later on that you felt like you didn't know what you were actually doing? Kind of, you know, I, I felt like just in general, I was adulting pretty well. You know, I was okay. like, wow, I graduated from vet school. I own a house, I own my car. But, and it was a struggle. I knew I was having trouble financially with things, but I was young and, and I didn't, like I had so many other things to worry about. So I would just kind of let that go off by the wayside. But yes, now I feel like, you know, I've grown up enough to pay attention to this and to, to look at my future. And then mentally, just the relief of anxiety. I, I have generalized anxiety disorder anyway. And this, you know, having the savings, having my, my team around me to, to help me in all aspects of my life and my business, I feel like I have so much less worry about money. And I feel like if I get sick, you know, and I was, I was just sick recently, not with Corona, but I had a bug and, and I had to stay in bed for five days and oh, it man. wasn't, I didn't worry about money the entire time. All I worried about was whether I was going to be able to keep down whatever food I just ate. Like that was my biggest worry and whether I could walk to the bathroom without falling down. Like that right. was, you know, and I had never experienced that because it was always, well, I had when, when I working in a practice and had paid time off, I knew that I would be paid even though I was ill as a practice owner and not having that extreme luxury of having someone pay you when you stay home sick, it was, it was very stressful. And now it's like, Hey, you know what? I need to be sick right now. And so everything's going to have to wait until I can get my body better. And then I'll go back to work. And that, I think that helps you get better faster when you're not laying in bed, urging yourself to get better so you can go back to work and make more money. It's, right. it's just, you know, Hey, this is what my reality is right now. So this is what we're going to do. And that was just such a relief to it not. It sounds so empowering. It sounds like it, is. it is. And you know, there's nothing that'll make you more nauseated when you're nauseated than thinking if I don't stop being <laughs> nauseated, I'm going to lose everything I own. <laughs> like, right. You know, I mean, come on. So it's, it has just been such a, a blessing to, to be able to just say right now, my biggest worry is that I'm sick and I feel terrible. Right. That's just getting it. better, right? Yeah. I, better. All I have to do, my only job is to heal. Right. And that has made all the difference in the world. That's cool. 
That's fantastic. That's actually really cool. Well, thanks for sharing all these thoughts with us today. And I'm hoping that people that are listening here today are finding this to be very insightful. And maybe it's kind of sparked something in your brain to be like, hey, maybe I should start thinking about this myself. And a couple more questions for you, Sheree. And one that I have is that for anyone that is listening and that they do not work with someone, what is a piece of advice you would want to leave them with today? Get on it. Don't put it off. I know it's not fun. I know it's not, it seems like it's not a big priority. The sooner you start, the better off you are. And it's, it's never too late. Get, get your ducks in a row as quick as you can. So don't put it off. Meet with some people and, and don't just meet with one person and do it. Like interview people like they're going to be working in your clinic or like you're going to bring them into your house. This is someone you're bringing in to your financial yeah. life. It's a huge, huge trust that you have to have with that person. So be sure you find someone who's a good fit. Is there a specific question that if I were interviewing someone that I should ask? I would say to ask them outside of selling me products, what are you going to do for me? Because repeat that one more time for everyone. (laughs) I said, outside of selling me products, what are you going to do for me? And if they can't come up with the answer that I'm going to help you get your entire financial health in order, then maybe find somebody else. Right. And, and, you know, some people don't do that. Some people are, they do, they, they sell products and that's fine. You know, that that's totally fine. But if that's not what you're looking for, don't settle for that do something different. If you know a lot about finances and you just want somebody to sell you products, great. If you've already decided on all that, fine. But find someone who wants to care for your financial health. Like you need a veterinarian for your finances. Okay. Find somebody that's going to, you know, inoculate you against stupid mistakes and protect you and and make sure that that you have everything you need because you know we shouldn't have to not retire just because we're veterinarians. Um, right. We we should be able to retire like everybody else and be able to be sick like everybody else mm-hmm. and and have a plan. And honestly, I never thought I would get out of the predicament I was in, and I never thought I'd be where I am now. And it's only getting better. So Great. definitely, even if you're if you're really in trouble, you know, you need somebody even more, you know, get, get an emergency help with, with your finances and, and be patient and kind with yourself, but you can dig out. It takes a lot of work, but you can do it. That is some great, great advice that you're giving here for everyone to hear today. And, you know, to, to leave all of this here for everyone that I, I love asking a silly question towards the end of all this, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? <laughs> I would be a cat in my parents' house. Okay. Um, because those little creatures are spoiled rotten. And I'm pretty sure I never got that kind of treatment when I was a kid. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my grandfather used to say he wanted to come back as an animal in our family. So I think my parents' cats really have it made. And I would super like for somebody to just feed me all the time and tell me I'm beautiful and pet yeah. me. And, and um, well, pet you, you know, and feed you. Yeah. And... Pet, pet me, feed me, flush the toilet for me. Like all, their, all their, the good stuff. And all I have to do is <laughs> lay around and be lazy. <laughs> that's so funny. That is so funny. Well, that's good. So you would be a cat, one of the little fat cats that are in the house getting eat and just lay around all day, right? Or you that's active? it. That's it. Oh, well, I'd probably be active too, but um, I would eat my share of the, of the treats for sure. That's awesome. Hey, Cherie, thanks for, thanks for joining us today. It was this my pleasure. Fun. A lot of fun. And for any of you who are interested that want to connect with Cherie out of here, Dr. Busan, outside of this podcast, and you want to reach out to her, you're looking for some advice or some guidance. I know she's always open to chat. The best place that you reach out to her is if you visit her website at ahappyvet.com. Again, it is a happy 
vet.com. I'll put that below in the description as well. Click on contact, complete the form. She'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you and feel free to reach out there. She's another great resource within the veterinary profession. For all of you who are listening, have a wonderful day. This is Tom Seco wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151183 expires February of 2025.